you know, you really don't need, uh, uh, you know, to disembowel some nude guy to figure that one out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I bet it helps. I bet it helps. I bet it just re- really yeah. reminds you that that we are very frail people to watch right. a pendulum with an axe on it uh, right. slice a man right up Broad Street. Really, really drives that point home. You know, I, I, I get it. I understand. But like I said, I think I could have told you that. And no profit I. Let me put it that way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pixel Lit. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today, we're talking about the next arc of the Bloodborne comics collected in the trade paperback, The Healing Thirst, uh, yes, by the same the, the, same the... authors and illustrator as last time, Kot Kowalski and Simpson. So, um... Yeah, now the death metal, the death metal titlings continue. The death metal, it's yeah, really, it really would have been perfect on a T-shirt circa right, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety seven, right, with a sort of font that no one can read, mm. and it like the shirt faded after a few washes. So it's yeah, <laughs> but that's what you wanted anyway. That's what you wanted. You really didn't want anybody paying attention yeah. to it. It's not about wearing new clothes, mom. <laughs> uh, so, healing thirst. Um, healing thirst. Now, comfort. the first thing I did notice with this one, we because we speculated on this yeah. with the last volume, this does not continue the story uh, that we just finished up. It's a totally different story. It is a brand spanking new story. The, the hunter and the creepy fish kid uh are nowhere to be found nowhere to be found and 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 thank goodness i i hope they're doing well but i'm not gonna miss the creepy fish kid i really hope that kid drowned i i will and the irony of it all if he turned into a horrifying fish beast only to drown you got to admit that's good writing (laughs) that would be that would be dramatic irony in its finest yeah that's either really good writing or just terrible writing uh, just depending on, yeah, depending on who you are and, uh, you know, how many times you claim to have read infinite jest. There is only a hair's breadth of difference between good and terrible writing. There really is. It's true. It's true. Uh, and, and often it has everything to do with, uh, how much you've been drinking. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Heming- yeah, no, Hemingway it, it, has entered the chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, Hemingway left the chat. Okay, all right, just that was quick. All right, they say he's a minimalist, but this is ridiculous. And that's the lit part of Pixel Lit, right there. Slancha, Liter- literary references for the scholarly at heart. That's that's what we bring. That's what we bring to the table. So um, this story yeah. is about uh, a scientist, a Mister Science Man. It is. Well, it's about two it's, people, it's a, but we were introduced to the scientist first. Right off the bat. Yes. Yes. And uh, honestly, before we get too deep into it, I want to ask you, Kevin, about sure. two specific things. I, yes. I, I, being that you you know this game way better than I do. Um, and I did a little research and that sort of thing, but I figured you'd be, you'd be it would be better uh, to just hear it from you. The, the two first things first. 
what and I ask these about these two things because they have everything to do with the entire storyline. The uh, the first thing is old blood, and the second thing is ashen blood. Sure. What are we What are we talking about here exactly? So I'm actually not entirely sure what the ashen blood is referring to, um, other than it's it's like some sort of diseased. It's like a bloodborne disease, right? Right. Um, the old blood, though specifically and they talk about they talk a little bit about gods and what was found down below um the old blood comes from uh an eldritch god that is basically living below yarnum and what it, it has like healing effects and that sort it of thing does. Basically. yeah that's the thing is that is that yarnum basically became this city known for its its ability to heal any ill, anything that illed you uh, mm-hmm. using the blood ministration, which is the application um, of the old blood into your system. And I, I, I'm here's the thing. I'm, I'm re- trying to recall as many of the details I remember from my sure. my time spending the great sage Vadi Vidya. <laughs> yeah. Your time in the shit. That's how I, yeah, I get it. And, you know, uh, after this, I might get back on my shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I tell you, because that's the thing. It's like this stuff, the brief, because, you know, I did do, I did. It's good that, that you knew about the old blood because I did more reading on the ashen blood. Yeah. And I get the impression, basically, that this is a prequel to the events in Bloodborne. 100%. This, this yeah. is still... This might even be taking place before the first four issues. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the hunters are a thing, the healing church is a thing, um, but it, it's very new at the same time. It's, uh, yeah, not, it, is, it is not the night of the hunt, um, which right. is a even though it's called the night of the hunt, it is specifically an untimed event. Basically, it just goes as long as it needs to go. Uh, the and they make reference to the moon is kind of changing positions in the sky. The scientist mm-hmm. makes reference to how it's like not it's not behaving the way the moon should basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, there's there's the night of the hunt, which is and which is endless until the hunt is over. Um. It's it's sort of like it's sort of like winter in. Uh, the Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire series. The winter right. is winter is not necessarily a truly timed event. It just happens right. for however long it happens. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 a it's an event. Yeah, it's not. It's not one season or so many days. It's just it it goes as long as it goes. Basically. Which is fascinating that Bloodborne kind of has that concept built into it because the next game that um, Miyazaki and From Software are working on is called Elden Ring and the world mm-hmm. building and lore was written by George R.R. R. Martin. Absolutely. Which uh, I know more than a few geeks who are a little annoyed about that one. They're still... <laughs> Especially now that we know how the Game of Thrones TV show ended, uh, there are more and more people out there who are like, okay, uh, George, we need you to redeem this, please. Yes, and he spent please. some of that time working on the new From Software game, so... Right, right. So, 
Yeah, so that that it better be worth it, George. It better be <laughs> goddamn worth it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up those two things specifically because that they are basically the the two most important things. Yeah, uh, in the in in this volume that might not be it might not be clear to our listeners what we're talking right. about when it comes to that sort of thing. And Ash and Blood, it feels a little bit like. Um, it's almost like an undead curse meets anemia mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, meets the, the beast. But I don't know. There's it. That's the thing is the confusion is also apparent in the characters because the characters right. don't know what's going on either. <laughs> right. And that's the entire theme of the volume. Basically our two main characters are a scientist and a priest. And they're both trying to figure out what, is causing this illness what could uh cure the illness and so yeah they're they're uh in many ways just as uh confused by the whole situation as the reader might be yeah they're very perplexed so basically it starts off with the scientist examining a corpse in the middle of the street and a few hunters yeah, he's real casual about he's it he's real casual about it and, and a couple hunters walk up to him and they're like uh hey buddy um, in my head, um, <laughs> they, they sound like Patrick Warburton. Uh, <laughs> hey, pal. Hey, hey, buddy. Uh, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, Peter. <laughs> hey, so they're, uh, this guy's afflicted and, uh, you, uh, you gotta just get a, you can't just, you know, go around the corpse there. I don't know. I, was, I, I got a little. Got a little Dennis Millery there. For yeah, a it did start drifting into the Dennis Miller. I was. But you can't just you can't just go in there and check on a corpse, babe. babe. You're not. It's it's not really how this kind of town works. <laughs> That's All a right, reference that will I'm get me. Time coming, babe. <laughs> yeah, going around. He's going around. And he's got so many corpses around. They're starting to call him Paul Pot back at the locker room. You know what I'm saying, babe? <laughs> and that's an impression that will that will garner me absolutely no social currency mm-hmm. in 2021. That is that impression is, uh, I want to say, 30 years past its expiration date. <laughs> it is lumpy. It is starting to smell. It is cheese now. It is. <laughs> it's, it's cheese. It's, yeah. It is cheese. It is cheese that briefly, for some reason, became a football commentator and then went full hard right on us. Uh, so turn. Yeah. Good old, good old cheese. Turned right. Right after Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you, and, and, I, and I'm left to pick up the pieces going, I loved you, cheese. Don't you understand? I loved you. And you hurt me. Oh, uh, man. Anyway. I used to. I used to watch Dennis Miller's show re- religiously as a kid. Oh, I loved that guy. I, I loved it was that guy. The peak. I thought it was the peak of humor. Yeah. It's like a lot of things. It's like it's like Bill Maher. You know, I, I you love him yeah. for a little while when you're younger and you revisit it as an older person and you go, Oh boy, glad I grew out of that. Yeah, it's what a child thinks a smart adult is. Yeah. It's it's That's, basically my my relationship with Dennis Miller and Bill Maher uh, from my 20s into my now late 30s is, I hope, the same relationship that most of Joe Rogan's fans will have of him uh, some decades down the line. Uh, that's, and that's probably the thing. unrealistic. Yeah, it's very unrealistic because Joe Rogan is dumb to begin with. Right. <laughs> like, 
there's no there's no superfluous intelligence or right, large right. words being thrown around to kind of cloud yeah, no, your judgment uh to yeah, prevent no you from trick. truly thin slicing him he just is right. what he is he just is what he is right off the bat so, right off yeah. the bat yeah that's that's a good point <laughs> okay uh, so <laughs> so insulting joe rogan dennis miller bill maher in episode 11, we are, we are start. just, we're cooking with gasoline, my friend. Like we are on it. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Fuck them. They're, they're, ter- they're, they're all terrible people in, in very different ways. Right. Right. Uh, as are many of the antagonists in volume two of Bloodborne, the trade paperback graphic novel. Way to bring uh, it back. Way to bring uh, that train, that runaway train. Right back onto the tracks. God, I'm good. You are so uh, good. <laughs> I'm so good. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the scientist, we basically get a glimpse of him. You know, we get our introduction to him. He is he doesn't play by your daddy's rules. Right. He's going to find out the cure to the malady that is afflicting his city come hell or high water. Um and then it cuts to uh, the priesthood, the uh, the the what is it? The, the healing church. Yes, we are getting our first uh, healing church characters, which is interesting. We don't really get much in the way of healing church characters or NPCs in the game itself. I believe there's one guy that is affiliated with the healing church, one NPC. But it's it's like the healing church has already kind of collapsed for the most part. Um, okay, when we get okay. into Bloodborne itself, uh, so now we got some some brothers from the Healing Church, um, and our priests. They they use the they use the term brother and priest, I believe, interchangeably. Um, mm-hmm. in certain points, uh, and we we are introduced to Clement Clement, and it took me a couple seconds to realize what was actually happening here, because the first time we see him, he has his eyes closed. And then suddenly he's splattered with blood. Right. Right. He's uh, he's concentrating and then suddenly he's splattered with blood. And we have another priest that gets in real close asking him what it is that he sees. Hey, and- hey Clement. Hey, hey, Clement. What do you what do you see there, buddy? What do you see there? What do you see there? What do you, see there? What do you, what do you, what do you, you notice anything, Clement? It- Open your eyes. And and (laughs) that's pretty much what happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the image backs up a little bit, and we see that Clement is sitting there surrounded by uh, his fellow priests. uh, And they, uh, the blood that has splattered him in the face has presumably come from this pendulum blade that uh, has disemboweled uh, a nude man on a table a handful of feet away from him. Yeah. And this is, I guess, kind of like. What is he like searching the entrails for prophecy kind of thing? That's kind of that's the impression I got. Yeah, the it. blood splatter, the blood hits him and then he has a vision or something. Um, right. Because they want him and, to and, say something. Right. And and his and his vision basically is that uh, you need to beware the frailty of men. Um, and and I could have told you that, <laughs> you know, you really don't need, uh, uh, you know, to disembowel some nude guy to figure that one out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I bet it helps. I bet it helps. I bet it just re- really yeah. remind you that, that we are very frail people to watch right. a pendulum with an ax on it, 
right. slice a man right up Broad Street. Really, really drives that point home. You know, I, I, I get it. I understand. But like I said, I think I could have told you that. And no profit I. Let me put it that way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so... So right off the bat, we we get a good glimpse in the notion that we're we're dealing with like um, a a a kind of dark uh, version of uh, the Catholic Church uh, in the medieval age, also known um, as the Catholic Church, <laughs> also uh, simply known as who they are. <laughs> right. Exactly. We are just we're just racking up the enemies. Uh, Everybody is catching strays tonight, Phil. It's true, man. (laughs) I just catch these hands, son. Uh, So that was terribly uh, white. That was terribly white. That's all I know how to do. Oh, Lord. So we get some back and forths of uh, the journals of our. scientist and a priest who uh is a kind of an unusual priest wouldn't you say yeah he's he's i mean he's he's basically questioning everything that's that's right. our our introduction to him aside from getting splattered with blood he is just writing down his doubts uh and that's kind of our first true introduction to him he's like i'm praying to the old gods but uh this doesn't seem right. <laughs> right, yeah, right off the bat, our, we've got a doubting priest, you know, which which he's just... We, and, and I'll tell you what, he is not exactly being real open about it, and after I saw some random guy get splattered with a giant heavy blade, I, I don't blame him. Right. Uh, <laughs> keeping that shit to yourself seems like, a, you know, the way to go. Uh, but yeah, so we're seeing some parallels between him and the scientists. Both of them want answers. Uh, both of them are are kind of uncl- un- unsure uh, about the church, at very least. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the priest is is writing down that there's there's going to be there's talk of purges happening, which is basically all the hunt is is it's 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 purge one through four. Right. <laughs> Is that all? Is that uh, have there only been four purge movies? <laughs> Actually, I can't tell you. There's a there's a I think there's a forever purge out right now. Um, sure. Yeah. So what, that's 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 yeah yeah that, that was a franchise that really picked up and and went. It, <laughs> that that franchise had some get up and go. What if so? Uh, yeah, it's basically what if. Uh, the Fast and the Furious movies, but instead of cars, it's people murdering each other. Yeah, yeah. Because in the end, it's all about family. It's all about family. Uh, that's the purge. <laughs> that's the thing. The purge and the Fast and Furious franchises have in common is family. Right. Yeah, it's just that in the purge, you need to kill yours. Yes, that's the main difference. Absolutely. So. <laughs> so uh, we get to the priest and the priest. Yeah, he's kind of, he's he's doubting. He's not clear on anything. And basically he takes it upon himself to search uh, under the city, basically in these sewers. 
uh, he's he's trying to find out because the, the the rumors go at least from what I could tell. Basically, the rumors go that the um, old blood and the ashen blood and everything all kind of stem from some source. Yeah, underneath the city, something going and he on. Wants underneath. to go figure that out. Yep. Right. And he is surprised down there. He is that at the end of that the first part, the first issue, uh, ends with him being surprised, and then. Issue number two begins with the revelation that he just got punched in the face by the scientist who is also down in the sewers. I, I love that, by the way, because, yeah, the last moment, the last you see of the priest in that issue is him looking off into the distance, holding a torch above his head. You're already getting like eldritch feels from a lot of the shit that's going on. Right. He's underground he's in the sewers holy fucking shit what horrible thing is he seeing it's 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 a it's a it's a scientist with long hair punching him in the face that's the yes a scientist uh with long blonde hair and as the priest notes later a terrible left hook yeah yeah even yeah he points out he's you're not you're not not really great at throwing a punch uh which is an Another glimpse into the life that this guy used to have. Yes, like, the priest clearly has 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 taken some on the chin. Uh, right, much like much like Scott Farkas, he's taken it on the chin, <laughs> and yeah, and he and he handles it well. He does, and uh, and they realize that while they are both uh, down there, kind of from two opposite ends of the spectrum, if you will, that it looks like they might both be down there for the same reason. Yeah. Um, and that we have a real bloodborne dark souls moment where the, the priest, uh, tells a joke apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he, it, it's a, they, what was it? Hold Certain on. I've got it. I remember this may well begin in the soul. And then, um, yeah, it, and the scientist says, "Tell that to a syphilitic." And the priest goes, "I would, were he still coming to the mass, but he, and the he goes, the scientist goes, what? And the priest says, fell off. But he fell off. And then they, he the makes- scientist says, ha. The priest goes, ha ha. And then they burst out laughing. Right. It's it's kind of the end of the killing joke. Like they both start <laughs> uncomfortably laughing kind of a lot. They're uncomfortably <laughs> laughing, walking through these dark, creepy sewers together only with right. a torch. <laughs> and, the, and yeah, it, it's it, it. But but, you know, it, it accomplishes its goal. That moment, it's like, OK, these guys have more in common than it seems. And so, they're going to be the best of friends. So they're talking about syphilis, which. I mean, is the insinuation that his the the guy's uh, the guy's ding dong fell off because of the syphilis? I, is that what they're? I getting suppose to? so. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a a, a common. Uh, I know that with syphilis, way back in the day, a it made you go crazy, right? Um, you know, it, people went mad uh, because if it wasn't treated, yeah. Uh, and when it was treated, they it was usually like we're going to inject mercury up your dick, uh, so that <laughs> might do just as much harm as good. Uh, 
But uh, and I know that the nose would fall off, like your nose would decompose and fall off. And, and a lot of uh, a lot of like nobility and that kind of thing actually crafted noses made out of silver or gold or other precious materials and would just wear them strapped to their faces and, and uh, you know, to, to hide this gaping cavern in their face. I don't know about the dick, but, but that was my first thought, too. I was like, he fell off. He's, he's making a dick joke. Yeah, I, I have to assume. Um, oh, I it, it still works. Yeah. It still works. It still works. <laughs> it still works. Why not? It still works. Yeah, we get we get the we get the idea. They're they're friends now. Um, By the way, the ha 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 is is almost written. The styling of letter of the letters, it's almost exactly like the kill end of the Killing Joke. It really is, isn't it? It's that like kind of unhinged, unrestrained joker style ha 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 <laughs> it's it's immediately what my brain thought of it it's yeah without the implication that one of them broke the other one's neck right uh, in the silence afterwards um it's uh but yeah it, it's it's a little unhinged and you know it 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 kind of i i gotta say this this volume is a lot more it's it's way different so from the different. one we just finished it's so different uh for a lot of reasons that we're gonna get into but th- this section here because it, it's not just that there there are a couple of moments that they have in the sewers starting with the punch in the face uh and ending with uh that ha 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 moment and there are lots of little moments in between there where it's just weird isn't it yeah. like they they they've they they've got a weird relationship they're making kind of goofy faces at each other yeah um, the, that high seriousness that existed 100% in the first volume of this series is not gone not even close uh because it does come right the hell back oh sure but there are no weirdly goofy moments like this in issues one through four no no they just don't exist yeah not at all basically it's as if we got a uh 21 yarnum street you know buddy cop yeah (laughs) yeah a little bit it's like you know yeah it's it's like he you know, it, yeah, it's odd couple style. You know, it's like he's the atheist scientist and he's the doubting preacher. You know, and, and they're and, gonna get to the bottom of what's causing people to turn into monstrous werewolves. Right, right, right. It's like tonight at seven to on UPN. There, they're gonna need a lot of blind faith. You know, it starts Wednesday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, it's that kind of thing and that just doesn't exist no. in the in the other one it's so it is it's a really odd moment yeah uh between these two and uh and and we get a couple we get a couple more moments like this yeah. as it goes yeah they but th- uh, and then in the next section one of them um the the priest talks about how he he feels like he may have found a friend which is kind of sweet and right. it's it is in 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 at the end of the world. You know, it's like finding a friend at the end of the world. This is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because this is, you know, this is this is a fucked up world. Um, and and clearly, you know, if, if, if this being a sequel, uh, a sequel, a prequel to Bloodborne, where, you know, everything is right and truly fucked. Right. Um, 
but you're it, it, it's already got uh, lots of little moments of you know what kind of a world are they living things in things like, are getting are starting to turn take a turn for the yeah, worse absolutely and and they do actually address the idea of like you know what what are you even living for at this point right. what's even what is even the 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 point of this and uh and we we get a, and it actually does cut to that next week we get some glimpses into their relationship through their journal entries and then we find the scientist having a smoke uh outside uh with uh, near a woman uh, named Matilda who clearly is a a, a close friend of his yes, of some kind his neighbor. you know it- his, his friend, neighbor, friend and yeah. neighbor Matilda, who is actually referenced in the first uh, first issue um, of this oh, yeah? arc. Yes, um, toward in in the first issue, there's a moment where the scientist is standing um, alone. It's <laughs> after he's told by the hunters to to go punt. He is standing alone on a bridge, and the narration is: "I do as the hunters say, but first I rest at my place of power." The place where I first met my dearest Matilda. Oh, darling, if they only knew how much better their lives are, where you stand on the same ground as them. If only they could feel the love I feel. No terror can ever touch it. So That's right. And Jumping forward, now we are meeting Matilda, who happens to be his neighbor. Yeah, and she seems nice. She seems nice. Uh, He's he's a little little obsessed with her. (laughs) Of course. Uh, It's it's cute. She has her rose uh, garden that she tends to. And I liked that. I that 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 was and that was the detail I was getting at. I think the rose garden is neat because um you know, he says he's he she's working on her garden and he, he asks her how she's doing and she says concerned about the state of the world and grateful for what remains of it. Uh so she's got a level of optimism and hope that you don't generally see. Right. Uh, in these kinds of worlds, you know, that, that grim, dark kind of thing that you see in things like Bloodborne. Uh, she clearly represents, a, you know, a side of it that we, we do not uh, get a glimpse of too frequently. Right. And which is probably why he loves her. You know, yes. like she's she's she is a, a shining bright spot in the darkness. Right. Because as a, a scientist, a he's super live. aware of that things are terrible and he's trying to he's trying to solve them. But right. Um, yeah. And he also inadvertently reminds Matilda that her husband is dead. Yes. Her husband had died, has died recently. We don't yet know how that went up, uh, came about. Yep, And that, that will definitely uh, be revealed later. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, but uh, for the time being, you're basically left to believe it probably has something to do with uh, this ash and blood. Situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can Which, assume who that could it, blame who could blame you. Uh, this tender moment is interrupted by a werewolf attack. Right, right. Uh, as as you know, what too many, too many tender moments uh, interrupted in that way. I find it. Rude. Have you had a tender moment interrupted by a werewolf attack? I love you. I love you so. <laughs> oh, damn it! Not again. We've <laughs> all been there. Call one eight hundred Healing Church. <laughs> We'll dispatch one of our hunters right away so you can have the peace of mind that your tender moments will not be interrupted by a horrible, horrible werewolf. 
Check us out at www.nomorewolfinterruptions.gov. <laughs> I'm going to see if that website is actually owned. <laughs> and buy that URL. Um, so, yeah, the no Hunters. No, hey, not it's, it's not owned. Oh, right. hey, maybe I'll snap that one up. We're going to have to pick that one up, I think. Yeah. So the Hunters anyway. uh, save them. And yes, <laughs> uh, Alfredius, the scientist, uh, he gets a face full of blood. Yeah. So both of our protagonists have been uh, uh, treated to a, a face full of blood. Literal blood baths. Uh, literal blood baths. Exactly. More like a blood uh, shower. So, yeah. A, 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 blood, a blood spritzer. Yeah. A misting. Misting. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's that makes more sense. So there. It's we get parallels between the two of them yeah. and what they're dealing with, and uh, and we get a glimpse of the hunter, uh, basically telling him, you know, nothing to see here. All move is along. well. He's basically giving him the yeah. all is well that uh, Kevin Bacon gives at the end of Animal House. Right, <laughs> right, right, and, and and treats himself to a nice big mouthful of uh, some vial of uh, red. Liquid. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent a blood vial, which is what the the hunters use to keep themselves at the top of their game. They they drink these little vials of blood. So it's like it's like liquid coke or something like pretty that. Pretty like, much, <laughs> pretty much. Just just like yeah, yummy. This will this will do the it, trick. It heals you up nice. Yeah, apparently. Good lord. Yeah, because he, he's really enjoying well, it. Well, the uh, it's funny is I guess you can drink it, but in the game, the uh the hunter that you play just takes it and stabs it into his leg. Wow. <laughs> That's just just intravenous yeah, right, you know, blood use. Right into oh, that big ass vein that's in your leg. Right. <laughs> Some of us just don't like the way it tastes. I no, get it. You then, know, you, you know, you, you don't like it. What's there to be right done? up the butt? Right up the butt. <laughs> That's the, those are your three options. You either drink it out of the vial, uh, uh, you 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 uh, you shoot it into your leg, or in the poop, uh, right there in the poop. <laughs> so uh, we cut back to the priest and. He Hold on, I really want to talk about uh, putting this blood in your butt uh, a little more, <laughs> Kevin, if I might. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> and we're back. I just cut out the 30-minute <laughs> interlude of... Well, we're not going to talk about that. So we cut back to the priest. <laughs> I think I think everyone will be grateful in the end, yeah. And uh, apparently one of the other priests decided to burn the body that the priest had. Uh, there, there was a hunter basically that was decaying from ashen blood that he had down in the basement, and one of the priests just decided to throw it into the incinerator. Um, yeah, just get rid, just of it. get rid of it, which is a bummer because the priest was like, "Yeah, I was looking at that." <laughs> right, it was it was part of his 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 uh research process, so he's he's kind of sol there. He had an easy uh uh. Depository. I don't know if that's the right word. He has he has access to some blood that he can you know investigate here, and now it's all gone. It's all gone. It's been burned, uh, much like in the nineteen uh, eighties uh, masterwork, uh, Return of the Living Dead, where they burn the body, and that just makes more zombies. 
Right, right. So is, is this is this patient zero? Is this what we're dealing with? We don't. We know don't yet. know yet. But the priest does find that the hunter scraped something into the table with it looks like a fingernail. Yeah, I th- think that's his his fingernail. Yeah, he 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 scrapes the words when ash and blood and waters of Yarnum become one, the unnameable shall rise. Mm-hmm. So he's he we we're, we're dealing with a whole lot of uh spooky foreshadowing with that guy right there. Yeah. So the um we get more buddying around between the the scientist and the priest. The priest brings him uh, some goodies to to look at. Yeah, they're they're trading off on supplies. Basically, the priest's bringing him blood to look at. You know, anything to investigate. They're they're working together. You know, but they're keeping it quiet because you know they're not going to be the 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 healing church is probably not going to be thrilled about the idea of him working with scientists with, a, who with an atheist scientist who doesn't believe in the elder gods. Right, right. Doesn't doesn't believe in their particular brand of crazy bullshit. Right. Well, uh, and you know what's you know, what's interesting about it is that it actually they get more into it. I believe in the next episode, next episode, next issue. Uh, there's a conversation between the scientist and the priest about that. Um, but the this issue ends on a neat little back and forth between. Uh, it's like three scenes happening simultaneously. One is the priest is talking to the head priest Um, or no, not not our priest. There's this little blonde haired twerp of a priest who is basically been spying, kind of spying on Clement and reporting back to this head priest and be like, well, you know, they they think that maybe it's the blood ministrations. Meanwhile, the scientist is like, I need to study a live specimen, somebody who is who has the old blood like injected into them. We're getting cuts back and forth between that and Matilda. And she's just singing. A, she's making some rose soup, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Is, yeah. She's making. I, I thought the same thing for those of you who don't have this. She's literally cooking up some kind of a stew. Uh, uh, and the main ingredients appear to be red rose petals yeah. or something like that, which. That is a that is a interesting I know, bit of ingredients. I know on uh, British Bake Off, the, occasionally they'll have an episode where there's somebody who's like, "Oh, I flavored it with rose." And sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I get that. Even though I don't know what, like, who are you trying to who are you trying to impress? Come on, yeah, for God's sake, for God's man. sake. Yeah, nobody's 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 that British. Nobody's. <laughs> No one's so British. They're like, oh, God, it would be delicious if you could just put a few more rose petals inside. Oh, my, it would be scrummy. Uh, but no, that's not a thing. And uh, for the record, I will not be taking any rebuttals to this, uh, despite the fact that I do know British people. No, nope. no. I know more about your country than you do. <laughs> the end. The end. The end. I expect. The end. I expect. <laughs> I think. I'm no rebuttals. Sure will yeah, we will hear nothing. We will hear not nothing even from Paula Hollywood. From not even if Paul no. Hollywood offers a damn handshake. Oh God, that fucking handshake! God damn it, Paul, get over yourself. <laughs> Look, I love how happy you seem to have become lately. In in the the more recent episodes, he seems to be having a whole lot of fun. He seems to be in a better show. mood he's, now. Something. He's loosening himself up. He's, he's loosening yeah, up. He's, I, 
shaking it loose. I'd love to see it. Love to yeah. see it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it because he was kind of an obnoxious, arrogant son of a bitch before. And he's still got that, but I like him now a little more. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Great no British rebuttal, Bake Off Hollywood. podcast. Uh, right. <laughs> Bloodborne. The Great British Bloodborne. The Great British Bloodborne podcast. Yeah, it's this is what you came here for, isn't it? Yes. Uh, anyway, look, Polly, Paul Hollywood, just just stop being such stop a dick being about such that a handshake. Dick about That's the handshake. It's it's just a handshake. Who the fuck are we? Life is too short, man. Life is too short. What is a man uh, but a miserable pi- miserable pile of secrets? Uh, what is a man but a miserable pile of scones? <laughs> just enough talk. Just, Have at you. Enough talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the and then the British Bake Off theme just starts playing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> our scientist has got to figure out. Uh, he he's he's realized that the only real next step for him is to yeah to find so, out yeah to find out what what the deal is. And in true, um, I'm gonna say Cronenberg fashion, the scientist decides oh, yes. that the only way to to further the experiment is to do it on himself. On himself, on himself. And so we get we're left with that wonderful cliffhanger where where, you know, our our delightful Matilda has she's making rose soup. She coughs and coughs and there's blood in her handkerchief in the classic uh, uh, La Triviata sort of way. Yep. Uh, La Traviata, whatever. Uh, Moulin Rouge people, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. And. and our priest, our good priest, has found out some sort of dark secret in the blood ministration index. It's clearly clearly labeled. Yep. Uh, we don't know what it is yet. We all we also know that uh, the bad priests know what's going on now, and they're going to be gunning for us. And then finally, it is- finally. Cronenberg, Cronenberg, he Cronenberg's himself, and and I he just Cronenberg's. Himself. I just love the 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 face that the bad priest is making uh, at yeah. the end there. And you could just the only I can hear his jowls moving as he says this. <laughs> the only yeah, there's no reason to fear the old blood. There's no reason to fear the old blood. He's he's. And he's got these wide open eyes and the fat jowls, and it looks like the most horrifying introduction to a children's uh, show you've ever seen. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's not not great. It's, not, it's great. not great. And you know what I just realized is I would like a Bloodborne comic, but illustrated entirely by the artists who did the covers for Scary Stories You Tell in the Dark. Oh my, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you even put that out into the world? <laughs> Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> why? T- that, oh, those fucking books were criminal, first off. Oh, I, yeah. Oh my God. I have a chill just thinking about them. They were sitting on my bookshelf. I don't think anybody ever bought scary stories. I think it just came, it just appeared on it people's bookshelves up. one day. I think you're right. Uh, I had, I know I had the collected trilogy. Like I had like the, with the neat little, uh, uh, you know, sleeve of all three of them on my bookshelf. And, uh, and I know I read them kind of frequently, uh, but I don't know where they came from. 
they were tr- they were the truest example of that thing that fucks with you yeah. that you can't stop messing with right like like when you when you find out what happens when you slide a penny along one of your fillings mm. you know and you're like oh god oh jesus why that i'm never doing that again and then 5 minutes later you do it again yeah i never like that- i've never heard of what is that <laughs> what does that do it's like chewing on uh, uh, aluminum foil when you got fillings. Oh. It's like it reacts with the metal in your teeth and, and it kind of gives you a jolt. Weird. Uh, it's it sucks. It really sucks. And it's like, I, you know, and I, I guess maybe this maybe maybe this experience is a sticking your tongue onto a nine volt battery. Right. Right. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> That's a way more accessible version. Yeah. Let's go with that. It's the same basic idea. And you're like, well, that sucked. And then you immediately stick your tongue out to do it again. You know, I can't, Those I couldn't even do that. that I couldn't me. even do that thing with the fillings now if I tried, because uh, two years ago, I got all of my metal fillings replaced with that uh, ceramic stuff that they use now. Oh, God. How 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 long did that take? You, oh, how many fillings do you have? Uh, I have a lot, and <laughs> it took a very long time, and my teeth hurt for three months. Yeah, I believe you. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. They were awful. they were sensitive to both hot and cold for about three months. <laughs> they were sensitive to hot, cold, and everything in between. Uh, <laughs> it hurt when air touched them. Uh, it really did. Oh my god, that sucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys, we're gonna need to set up a Patreon so I can have all of the fillings in my head replaced in the same fashion so I can report back to you all. So you can really understand the pain that, like. that I went through. <laughs> it's very important that as as podcasting partners and buddies that I experience the same level of pain and disillusion that, that you have. Uh, and, and that's just the beginning. It's really a start. And uh, if, I, if I can take it, make it real serious for a moment, um, brush your teeth, kids, you know. Oh, for God's sakes, brush, brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. And floss. And floss. Oh, my don't, God. Don't do oh God. what I did. Don't be like, it's probably fine. Yeah. It's not it's fine. fine. It's not fine. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> yeah. You'll be dead soon. Uh, and, and, you'll, and, and rotting, moldering in the grave, your, your corpse stiffening and slackening will think to itself, my teeth hurt. Because that shit follows you into the afterlife. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> anyway. That is such a terrifying thought. <laughs> that is like absolutely. <laughs> that the afterlife is real, but the only sensation you have is the pain in you your didn't teeth. Take care of your teeth. <laughs> That's like a that's like a German cautionary tale that you tell your kids in the 1850s. Oh, if you don't take care of your teeth when you die, you'll feel all the hurts in your teeth for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Sleep well, my liebling. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I miss the old country. <laughs> Well, we start with a, uh, a location shot of a church. It's lovely. I really do love the way that, and I think we mentioned this in the last 
issue, but uh, issue, well, the last episode, but the artist does such a good job with the landscapes and the architecture. The people are fine. Uh, it goes back and forth, but God damn, this artist is clearly having so much fun uh, drawing the the world that they're yeah. in. And I, I think that's really valuable. Were you put off by the, the, the chicken? Yes. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's so gross. Uh, yeah. It, they, I mean, it looks <laughs> like it could be chicken piccata, but it also looks like it could be a fetus. It could be anything. It is unsettling. Or, or a so, stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, just awful. Like, like just some sort of organ. Uh, it, what Kevin's talking about, guys, is uh, we, come, we come back to the church. We come back to our head priest. He is ordering the shrimpy uh, little squirt of a, of a you know, uh, brown noser priest who's been spying all this time, he's ordering him around uh, and telling him, you know, basically, basically they're going to be like taking people in, but only for a little bit. Yeah. Basically he's making sure that any good deed that the church does, uh, it is, it doesn't affect their bottom line too much. Um, And while he's doing this, he is sloppily eating some piece of meat that is leaving smears all over his knife and his chin. Uh, he's got it on and his, his chin. chin. <laughs> he's so- he's ta- probably talking with his mouth full and he's like, they must find their own salvation. The healing church. It's a word. Yeah. He sounds like that's exactly what he sounds like. Bane in the Harley Quinn cartoon, <laughs> you know, for only a day to sleep, to rest, they must find their salvation. <laughs> And I'm going to finish this weird piece of meat. Is it chicken? Is it a stomach? Or is it some sort of fetus fish creature? Find out in issue five. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's no issue five. Uh, it's horrible. It's terrible. It's really gross. <laughs> I mean, it's like on first glance, it could be chicken piccata. Sure. If that's a thing. Oh, it is a thing in this world. Oh, oh in this oh, world, I, mean, I, don't this, I don't know. I know what. I know, God it's damn it, Kim. A, I know that chicken piccata. So chicken piccata is. What- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's totally a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you'd better put your recipe down. Uh, that's absolutely going on the website. We're going to share our favorite favorite chicken, chicken piccata, piccata recipes. Yeah. Uh, although I am a um more preferential to chicken franchise, but you know. So he's eating this horrible thing. And it's <laughs> and it and it but but we do finally get back to our main guys, our, our priest and our And they're having the and- conversation that I was referencing earlier. They're talking about how the church is at fault. This is the church's fault. And right. they make the reference right. to we should have never descended underneath the city. Yes. And yeah, they reference some sort of historic moment. Yeah. In the city's. Uh, oh, no, we're talking about them. Yeah, sorry. But they're, they're, you know, just something. They're talking about the history of the church. And what is it he said? It's so interesting. He says, uh, he says, this ashen blood thing showed up. And then, like, out of the clear blue sky, the church just happened to have an answer to it, a solution to it. 
And that doesn't seem like a coincidence. And the priest, despite the fact that it's pretty clear at this point that he's not really on the church's side so right. much, he still kind of defends himself. It defends yeah. the, 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 the church in he a little bit. He defends the beliefs of the church. Um, and this is something that, you know, it, it's kind of, it's one of those things that you can kind of get into with the whole Catholicism issue where people will defend well at its core the beliefs are sound you know and i don't even i don't necessarily agree with that you know because because of a lot of issues that the stances the church has but people can argue oh well the beliefs are sound it's just you know some bad people within it that are ruined some bad apples yeah even though a few bad apples spoil the bunch nobody ever really finishes their oh. train of thought with the bad they, apples they thing. Never, they never finish the metaphor, do they? Yeah. No, they don't. Funny that. So, yeah, I, I like the, the this little scene where he goes, so you don't believe in the old gods despite their clear presence. And he's referring to the things that were discovered below the city. The old god that yeah. was discovered below the city. And the scientist has a pretty nice retort that I believe in the things that are below, I, are below the city. But I don't know if I should we should actually be calling them gods. Right. Which is, you know, fair. It's <laughs> fair. And so it's funny. like people I feel it's like the uh it's a very obvious stance to take for somebody in a Lovecraft in a Lovecraftian story to be like, well, it's a it's a it's a thing. It's certainly a right. creature. Um I right. think we're assigning a little bit too much by calling them gods. <laughs> Right, right. That's a whole lot right there. It, 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 That's a whole. A there's a lot of baggage assigned with gods. It's it's a creature, and it's not from here. Right, right. Um. So they have, and and it it's weird because just when you think that the uh, priest is kind of coming around and that he makes the most sense and that sort of thing, you have a moment there. Uh, where they're talking about the difference between science and religion, that age old chestnut. Oh yeah. And the, the whole thing ends with the scientist saying proof is proof. And the priest saying, and God is God. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either, but uh, the, the scientist claims that it was an opening in his, his argument um, in the next page that Clement, Clement, um, basically wins <laughs> the argument. Yeah, he 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 succeeds the uh the 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 argument to him in that moment which okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Fine. Whatever helps, man. Um whatever helps. Yeah, and, and and in that same uh journal entry that that uh, Kevin's referencing, he basically talks about how the city's getting worse. Yeah, there's a lot of dead bodies now. Yeah, it's not. Uh, whereas when we first we we saw the one werewolf and it got killed pretty quick, and there still seemed to be a lot of hope for the future and that sort of thing. Uh, the city is not doing as well anymore, and more and more people are dying, and it's just it's not looking great. So any hope that he may have had going into this is slowly ebbing away. Right. Yeah, and the um. What there's a there's a little bit of a a twist now 
because they are the priest and the scientist Clement and uh, Alfredus or whatever his name is. Um, they're discussing and uh, Matilda shows up uh, yes. having fallen deathly ill. And she shows up at the scientist's door and uh, and he basically he realizes that he's just this is how this is what I have to do. You yeah. know, any any feeling in terms of saving the world, uh, you know, he felt like the world was getting worse and I can't save the world. He has but that I moment can save of doubt. Her. Exactly. Uh, this woman that he's in love with. So he's kind of reinvigorated in that moment right. in his in his quest for the cure, if you will. Exactly. And then uh, we have another uh, we have another little scene between him and Clement. And the one thing I want to point out is they talked about in the first arc Fishboy and the hunter talk about coffins with chains wrapped around them. Yes. And we see it. Yes. We see them in this scene as they're walking by. We see just a pile of coffins basically in the, uh, to the side of the road and they have chains wrapped around them. Yeah. It's, it's a terrific little detail. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not a whole hell of a lot of attention is, brought to it but it's yeah there's a level of detail it's a nice foreground uh, element it's terrific yeah it's it's really nice and it goes back to what i was talking about before with the artist the he's just having a lot of fun creating this world uh with his art and that's a great example yeah uh, but uh yeah we see some uh uh alfredus uh ref- mentions that he's using the the blood ministration basically to he's he's giving uh, Matilda, the old blood, to kind of cure her of of her illness, right? Um, and the the priest is not too sure that that's good, <laughs> right? Right? Uh, you know the in and the scientist insists he says it's a dosage issue. It basically it's kind of a, in in a way it made me think of the argument for chemotherapy. Yeah, that uh, you're poisoning yourself, but this poison will kill the real. Uh, evil inside of you so yeah. to speak the thing is the scientist at this point is acting less like a scientist because he's just shooting in the dark yeah. and the priest is being more like well you you really haven't studied <laughs> studied right the, this dose he's the first person to say you're, you're just yeah. you're just doing it because now the scientist has become desperate we end with a blood red moon rising uh, over Yarnum. Um, we have this blood red moon and the narration is is ominous. We believed we could stop hell from descending on our land. And in the streets, the streets are empty. Uh, they're like eerily yeah. quiet, except you can just see coffins, you know, these chained coffins yeah. laying about uh, statues toppled over. It's it's nice and eerie. Uh, and then we we just get these different cuts around and we see the roses have died. People have just like died in the middle of the streets. Um, one per there's like a, a woman who is zombified feasting on somebody else. It's yeah. Yeah. It's things have, have turned for the worse in a, in a damn hurry. Yes. And um, Clement, has been um he hasn't seen the scene 
the scientist in a few days, but he's he's doing his best to try to get some blood back to him. Right, because that's basically, you know, the the scientist is desperate for that. Yeah. You know, he realizes that the, the you know, in order to keep uh, Matilde going, in order to keep himself going, frankly, uh, because he's been testing, he's obviously tested the old blood on himself. Uh, it's become this maintenance kind of thing. It's very much, it makes you think a lot about what people talk about with uh, addiction. Yeah. You know, you need more and more and more and he's desperate for it. And yeah, Clement is going to try and get it to him. He hasn't spoken to him in a while. Right. After the last little tiff over whether you should be using the, the blood at all. And I just realized something hilarious is that the scientists looks like, looks like the way, Egon Spengler was drawn in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, he actually, he totally does. He's really <laughs> tall and wiry. He's got that like white blonde hair. The only difference is instead of sporting some sort of weird ass pompadour, uh, he's, he's like all like eighties, <laughs> early nineties, vampire, long hair, chic <laughs> with, uh, John Lennon glasses, which of course, I guess Eon, uh, Egon Egon also had, had the John, John Lennon, Lennon glasses in the cartoon. He too. did. Yeah. He, he totally did. He's totally Egon. Holy shit. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a Photoshop Egon's hair onto yes, we do. Uh, this guy. We've got to put it in there. We got to we got to make sure that that's like our profile picture or something on Twitter for a little while. Yeah. And and it's then just got to be it. We get the ultimate betrayal. So Clement. Oh, uh, this is it's it's the most heartbreaking thing in the book is that Clement. It really is. Sad. After <laughs> fighting with his inner demons, actually gets the blood and takes it to Sal Freitas. And, and you find out that. um he has uh, Alfredius has has gotten his own supply of blood by turning yeah. Clement into the authorities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they've been waiting for him to show up, and he traded his ass in, and uh, and and the hunters take Clement away. He is taken, dragged back to the church. Oh, it is. It's really fucking sad. It really is. Um, and we get another look at just how desolate the city is we've got uh we've got an overturned wheelbarrow we've got we've got a, a river filled with rotting corpses a blood red moon and werewolf christ of course yes, crucified werewolves it would not be yeah. yarnum without them absolutely you know he 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 died for your howls uh i don't know what that means so <laughs> <laughs> but he's and and the scientist he's clearly racked with guilt but matilda seems to be doing you know he 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 believes he's like she's going to survive you know and therefore the ends justify the means he he tries to tell himself that he doesn't care that he betrayed you know his friend uh because it means that that uh yeah you know matilda's going to make it out alive we have this sequence of shots that kind of mirror the shots earlier in issue in the first issue of this collection where the moon slowly turns into the swinging scythe of the pendulum, except this time, instead of some random priest being strapped to the table, it is Clement who is, who is going to pay for his, his heresies, I guess. 
yeah yeah for 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 stealing uh old blood from their store i don't know yeah they 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 they're just sick of him though uh and so he's he's the next guy going down and while the pendulum swings he's basically giving them a speech as to why he joined the church you know he, in a way he's talking about the the life he had led before that he had, he had studied science and even forbidden sciences and and then he decided that religion really was the place for him that it would be the best thing uh because it would hopefully make some sense of a world that doesn't make sense, which I think is great because it explains even after all this time, even after, so we've seen him on several occasions at this point, defend the church, even though he's also overtly stated that he, he doesn't really like the organization itself. Right. We get an idea as to why he's doing this. He's, he, he, he's looking for sense in a senseless world. Yeah. And uh, and then his speech and presumably his life and I hope these are his last words. Uh, end with and Kevin. Do you want to read these? These sure. are because these are some of the best goddamn last so, words I've ever heard in my life. Um, you know, he does all that that stuff that you just said, and then he finally there's a turn in the speech, and he says, um, "It was important for things to finally make some semblance of sense, but none of this makes sense, does it? We are just vessels, buckets of blood spilled." and refilled and his final word words are i hope you all die screaming that just is fuck bro that is tremendous <laughs> that is Clement. some fucked up shit man oh my god that is metal as fuck and presumably he gets you know spatchcocked uh on the on the pendulum yep. there it, but holy fucking shit that is that's just a, they, they could have named this volume instead of like, you know, the healing thirst. They could have called it. I hope you all die screaming. Yes. <laughs> that would have been, been an amazing too. name for it. Oh shit. Yeah. So his fate is sealed. Yep. Um, and we, and, and, but what about our scientists fate? Uh, our scientist is boarding up his house now because things have taken a turn for the worse outside. Clearly. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, he also admits that uh, he killed Matilda's husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matilda's husband. You know that whole thing. He didn't. He didn't die of the ash and blood or he pushed whatever. Him off the a hell bridge. <laughs> he pushed him off a bridge. Presumably, just because he wanted to be with Matilda. <gasps> and he says, and he says, he's like, I just I hated that guy. I fucking hated that guy. Like it just—he just sounds like it, the the guy was a jerk, and maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But he pushed the guy off a goddamn bridge. So, so he's he we're 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 understanding that he has admitted this to Matilda, and as he's stacking the boxes to basically block the door, so uh, the people outside, whoever's outside, can't get in. Mm-hmm. Um. He says, thank you for forgiving me. Yes, you understand. Good. Perhaps not the time for a walk. Maybe later. Yes. No, maybe not today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe yes. Hell. Hell is here. But we shall outlive hell and we shall rebuild. For this is the purpose and of science. And, and then we get some wobbly text from behind him. As we see Matilda descending the stairs. We never get a good look at her. But she says, my dear, I'm healed. As as she yeah. appears behind him. 
And, and yeah, you're right. We don't get a great look at her, but we do know from a page or two previous, it's, it's beautiful, uh, unreliable narr- narrator stuff because he says Matilda is in a state of profound recovery. And, uh, and the picture of her is clearly dead. Yeah, she looks very dead. dead. In, yeah, she is super dead uh, in, in, her, in her bed. So uh, when, she, when you find her behind him saying, I'm healed, probably less good news. Yeah, uh, it's very much, it's very much, I'm healed in the sense of uh, Pet cemetery bringing your loved right. ones back from the grave. <laughs> Exactly. Very <laughs> pet cemetery, actually. So, and that concludes volume two of Bloodborne. So, uh, what'd you think, Kevin? Totally different than than the first volume, but I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the very the this was a lot more plots. It was, it, mm-hmm. There was a lot more plot and character moments in this than in the first volume. The first volume was very, um, it was almost more ephemeral and artistic and thematic it's like we it's just this about this journey through hell more or less um yeah and this one is we have we have real grounded characters that we understand a lot about the hunter and the kid in the first one we don't know much about them but uh clement and alfredus we know who they are, we know what kind of motivates them. And we can track their their character change from beginning to end. Uh, Clement is this man of man of faith who but he's clearly got something gnawing at him with how everything is going down. And by yeah. the end, he is he sees everything pretty clearly for what it is. Like yeah, this is all chaos, uh, and it's the church's fault. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, whereas our scientist, who's supposed to be the voice of reason and 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 that's and logic and that sort of thing, goes down this desperate, you know, spiral to the point where he's not even willing to accept the reality of the situation. Yeah, yeah he he loses his mind to. The desperation and he really he really reminds me of I feel like there's any number of characters in zombie films that mm-hmm. there's these characters that they just kind of they start out as maybe a voice of reason, but by the end they are the most unreasonable of characters. Totally. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Um it, it it's it's just it's a great example of who can you trust and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Who can you trust? Who's, whose opinion? Right. <laughs> can, can you actually value in a world like this? And one? I think what's funny is neither, it doesn't matter. Ultimately it doesn't matter. You know, not the, mm-hmm. no matter what these two characters discovered, neither of them were going to stop what was coming. No, no. And, and, and it's a, it's a good prequel in that sense where, you know, you knew that if you played the game, right. if you know anything about, you know that, you know, they're not going to, th- there's no like really overt happy ending to be had here, yeah. but you're still hopeful. You're still hoping something, you know, good can come out of all of this mess. 
and uh and 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 the and the one good thing that comes out of the whole mess is it's it's a good story. Yeah, it's a good pretty story. Good story. <laughs> it's a pretty good story. I think that's the most you that's, can hope for in a situation like yeah, this. That's all you can really ask for. Yeah. That's all you can ask for. It it made me think of um this comparing this to the first volume. It made me think of uh, this little show. You, uh, it's called a uh, uh, Game of Thrones. You ever heard of it? No, I, I've never heard uh, of it. <laughs> super indie. Uh, but the whole thing is, with certain episodes, there's always a tone. Yeah, I- at least there was uh, the the large, you know, the the, the large world outside. Sure. That's always there, no matter right. what. Um, but some episodes of Game of Thrones would be, you know war and bloodshed and action and that kind of thing uh, in this huge, dark, grimdark world. And then other other episodes, it felt like were very slow and contemplative yep. and thoughtful and that sort of thing. And uh, and I feel like volume one of Bloodborne was one of the more action, monstery, you know, personal journey yeah. kind of things. Whereas this uh, volume, we got one werewolf and he lasted for like a page. Right. Exactly. This, there are, yeah. The, it, so this is, um, yeah, volume one is, is, is John beyond the wall. <laughs> right, right, right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and volume two is like, you know, the Lannisters in their tent talking about, you know, letters why they always pay their debts or something writing letters one betrays the other (laughs) right it's 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 dark and sad and and violent in certain ways but not in the same way that the first volume was so i'm i'm really impressed yeah me too writer because it's all the same all the same writer and shown very very wildly different tones in these four different four sets um four issues issue sets of of book and uh i like it I do too. It 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 genuinely. Now that we've read the second one, I mean, after we read the first one, I was curious. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they were going to get another, if we're going to get a different story." That's kind of cool. That's interesting. Uh, and now, I'm like, "Oh shit! I've got to. Re- I need to know what the next one is. Yeah. Like, I need to know what kind of thing we're going to get out." Yeah, of this. and so, from the cover, I I believe it is going to focus on, um, it's going to focus on Eileen the Crow. Um, from nice. uh, is is just my guess. Um, but we'll see when we read it. It's a good name. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to these. We've got two more of these left. Uh, and uh, and the difference between reading these and and a novel is they go by a lot. They faster. sure it's do. <laughs> it's a damn shame. This is good. It's, it's really good, good stuff. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Um, if you feel like you want to hear from us more often you can always follow us on twitter at pixel pod we tweet there mostly phil tweets there um <laughs> so if you want brief little jokes about i don't know pixel lit type stuff yeah head over to our twitter account all right or even better if there is a book uh, or graphic novel or something uh, based on a video game or as we've mentioned recently uh, video games based on books yeah, why, why not, not? It's, uh, why not man why not if you've got something that you really want us to read we want to tell us man because we're always looking for stuff uh, and we're we're happy to hear it so yeah find us on Twitter that's the easiest way the to easiest get a hold way of us. to get a hold of us 
And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a good night.